Meditation. 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 Depending on thank the you. quality thank of you. my mind. You know, there's thank good days thank and you. bad days. I mean, days I feel well. like the waterfall of thoughts. And every now and then, a nice, calm, calm. I can't think of anything. This is Meditation in the City. The Shambhala New York Podcast. Thank you for listening to the Meditation in the City podcast, a podcast where we explore topics on Buddhist meditation and maintaining a meditation practice amidst living in a busy world. My name is Francesca, and I'm your host. The title of this episode is Turning Towards What's Close at Hand. This talk was recorded in 2016. Mindfulness meditation helps us see and accept ourselves as we are, Through synchronicity of body and mind, we can experience total ease with ourselves and a mind that is stable, strong, and clear. Today we are joined by Elizabeth Reed. Elizabeth has been with the New York Shambhala community since the mid-80s. With a background in theater, dance, and photography, she was inspired by the Dharma art teachings of Shambhala and for several years led contemplative photography workshops at the center. Realizing the importance of embodiment on the path, she became an Alexander Technique teacher and offers AT-based exercises in most of her teaching. The Meditation in the City podcast is hosted by the Shambhala Meditation Center of New York. Here's Elizabeth to take away the discussion. It's said that much stress comes from simple, Um, inability to be content. Simple. However, it's not so simple. It seems as though um, we're always looking outside of ourselves for that thing that will give us satisfaction, that will give us some kind of release, relief. And I just look at this city Talk about people on the move, on the move. You're knocked over in the streets by people's speed. You could say speed, need, and greed. You know, the shopping bags, da-da-da. But so, and I feel like it's getting ever, ever more intense. I've lived in this area for quite a while, and I'm somewhat surprised um, at the velocity (laughs) the velocity of humans in this city. And um, so when we speak about contentment on this path, on the Shambhala path, it really is the foundation of the entire meditative path. Because without it, you may understand a little later, but without it, we cannot move forward on the path or in our lives. We cannot move forward. Um, So the qualities, I'll just speak about the qualities uh, of contentment as we understand them. First of all, mindfulness. Mindfulness, openness, simplicity, gentleness, relaxation, 
and inquisitiveness. So that's kind of the palette that we are wanting to uncover. These are innate qualities, our understanding on the Shambhala path, that these are all innate possibilities. And usually we form bad habits and we get further and further away from what is so close to us, so dear to us. Um, and we have an analogy, lest you think contentment is kind of a, mm, okay word, you know, it sounds pretty good. But the analogy we have here is a tiger. A tiger. <laughs> so there's some power to it. And we also speak about a meek tiger. And this word meek, um, there's a Tibetan word called chok, choks, let's see, choksu? I have it right. Um, chokshe, chokshe. And it actually means knowing what is sufficient, knowing what is enough enough ice cream, <laughs> enough entertainment, you know, but knowing, starting to get a feel for what is enough for us as human beings. And also the tiger, it, we speak about a tiger in its prime moving slowly through the jungle, mindfully through the jungle. And this tiger is very, very happy in its own skin. Very relaxed muscles. Moving every single step is felt. Sense perceptions wide open. Moving with a, a panoramic um, uh, awareness but very, very connected to earth. Pause, I think tigers have amazing uh, sensors on, on their paws, very, very powerful. And um, so that, that's the analogy. And so how do we walk through the jungle of our lives in Manhattan with mindfulness. And um, it's quite a tall order, but um, it seems that meditation is a way that can actually allow that to begin to happen. When we meditate in this tradition, we speak about putting that mind of fearfulness in the cradle of loving kindness. So we are completely, when we sit down with ourselves, we are completely um, cradling our own energies, our own experience, and honoring them. So we are allowing the present moment of our experience, we are allowing the very present moment of our experience, whatever the flavor of that is, 
whatever the um, the sting of it is, or the boredom of it is, or the uh, high of it is, we are allowing ourselves to feel our own lives. Every single bit of it. Every single thing we don't want, we do want. And this feeling is being much more um, emphasized in this path because it seems that many people are not feeling their lives. And it causes a lot of harm and trouble for each other in the world. So to sit and actually make this very intimate connection with your own mind and heart, you're sitting and you're feeling what you feel as a human being and honoring it and letting it be there. So moment by moment, we could actually be right with ourselves, be absolutely on the dot with our own energy. And um, in that way, we begin to actually befriend ourselves. We are not giving ourselves a hard time. We're so hard on ourselves, so critical. So this is a way, and this is the ground, you know. We can appreciate who we are and the richness and the variety of our experience. I was, I was sitting in the dentist chair today with my, all numbed out with my tooth being drilled, and I thought, okay, I don't really want to be here, but I am here in the dentist chair, and I thought of the tiger. Oh, I'm getting my teeth sharpened, you know? I really, I had some, there was some humor in it, but it's just everything, you know? There are so many things. I don't want that, I don't want that, no, no, no. And if we can just allow each moment of our experience to be as it is and not manipulate our world, that is it. That is huge. Um, and also coming from that is we also begin to have more space. You mentioned having a little more space to know how to discern what, what to accept and what to reject. Or we could say what to cultivate and what to um, discard. What is not, what is enough already in our lives, you know? Learning to discern, and that comes with the space that we cultivate through meditation. We are actually allowing more room and space around all of our thoughts, all of our thoughts and all of our emotions. And those thoughts and emotions are simply ways that we are trying to communicate with the world. Thoughts are not bad, we don't want to get rid of them, but we can include them. They're simply the activity of wanting to communicate with our world. And the same with our emotions. It is the way we navigate through life altogether. We need our emotions. But then it's how we know what is enough. <laughs> 
how we know when, we begin to see when coming through with that aggressive, critical thought um, is not helpful. It's not helpful to the other person and it's not helpful to us. So that we, we can begin with our own discernment to create a world that has a different quality, that has harmony, that has kindness, just by virtue of how we speak to one another, you know, how we decide to make a complaint or make a suggestion. Um, it really does create a whole world. We create the whole world that way. So discernment is another um, gift of being mindful of each step and therefore mindful of our own voices, mindful of what we're saying. You know, we, we become more attuned to also when we're about to go off and actually cause harm. Um, so it says that we can become friendly to ourselves and merciful to others. And it's not the kind of, it's an eye-level mercy that you are very sympathetic to that person's difficulty. And you have sympathy rather than um, separation. And you know it so well because you know you have made a connection with your own feelings and emotions. And in a very uh, more thorough way through meditation. Um, I'm wondering if we, we had, we just concluded a week-long um, meditation in the city program where people came and meditated all day long in the city. And I see a few people here from that retreat. I was there the first two days and the last day. And would someone like to speak about their experience coming off of that retreat in terms of anything that we've been speaking about here? Okay. I'm not really sure what I'm going to say. But, um, um, it's a little here. It's a little strange going back into the real world because um, it doesn't work like when we are meditating. The, um, it's hard to slow down, and um, no. First of all, for the retreat, I. I was astonished that I could do it, so I would encourage everybody because you know, I think you everybody actually did it. Yeah, I think anybody thinks you know there's no way, and then suddenly you're doing it, and it's great, and it's not a, it's not like a huge effort. It's really a very it's a wonderful thing. That was your experience. Oh yes, yeah. But now I have to learn how to link that experience yes. to the daily life. Yes. I almost threw my boss out of the window today, so, you know, it's like, <laughs> uh, I was like, go. okay, let's give, meditate on this today. <laughs> so, but yeah, there, I'm sure there is a way. <laughs> Challenging. Yeah. Challenging. 
Hello. So I um, came to the retreat on Thursday, intending to also come on Friday. And I had a really different experience. Since the retreat, I have been moving more slowly and Is definitely right? feeling more content. However, at the retreat, <laughs> I faced something that I've heard about before, but I hadn't yet experienced, which is that the snark monster took over. Snark? The snark monster. And it, I thought, okay, it, this is gonna be just the beginning of the retreat, but then as it goes, it'll go away, but that didn't happen. It got worse and worse. And by the time 4.30 came, I literally ran down the back stairs and went home and didn't come back. <laughs> <laughs> so for me, it, it hit a lot of deep, crappy stuff <laughs> and I was at the time very upset I'm laughing now it was actually a very upsetting experience for me but yes. I would still recommend it because <laughs> well because having all that snark come out and but then afterwards it some, I, somehow some things rearranged themselves a little and since then I've some, had some very nice moments of contentment it just didn't happen during the retreat <laughs> well and the thing is you never know but you allowed that you allowed yourself to feel that. And just by virtue of accepting what's there, even though you did finally run, which many people wanted to, let me tell you. <laughs> and I uh, almost threw a vase out the window right there. Oh, dear. <laughs> but see, that, that is something you never know. See, you're actually setting up a pathway. You don't know what the results will be. But it often comes just... It just comes forward. Something has shifted, and you don't know why. But thank you. Um, and you're smiling. <laughs> now it's funny a few days later. <laughs> uh -huh. Okay, one more, one more retreatant here. Thank you. Um, I've definitely noticed uh, a sense of slowing down since the retreat, and um, I, I guess I've even could think of it as having the luxury of being able to walk the streets of Manhattan, um, treating it as a walking meditation of like, really, that, that I actually have experienced that since coming off of the retreat of kind of intentionally, okay, I know that there's a whole bunch of people walking down this sidewalk, but I'm still like, I'm, I'm really going to feel that. And I'm also really going to feel each step as I'm going. And I'm, I'm curious to see how I, or if and how I can maintain that, um, that like enthusiasm for awareness and mindfulness when I, when I, when my work schedule starts to crank up again. I, I really, really want to, like I, I really do. Um, and I'm also, at the same time, I've noticed that I've been spending a lot less time on social media and, um, that I, I sort of became aware of, oh, I, Facebook kind of, is, kind of depresses me sometimes. And, but there's this part of me that feels like, in a way, I'm surrendering to not being seen. Because for so, I feel like for so much, of, at least for so many people in, in my generation, like social media is almost mm -hmm. the way of being seen and the way of getting externally validated or, or of, of like building up one's persona in some way. And now it's like I, I, just, I just truly have this sense of having zero interest in uh, living according to a persona of some kind. Mm -hmm. So that has also been, 
disrupt, like that's also been on my mind and it's also felt, it, it, it feels exciting, but also in another way sort of threatening because it feels like, um, okay, I have experienced some ground of contentment and some yes. degree of spaciousness, you know, in this practice and how much is my life going to change um, as a yes. result of that because the changes could be, they could become extreme and I, and I don't know if they will be or what, maybe not, but it, but it is a little bit scary too. Well, you don't yeah. know. You don't know. And you certainly can't hang on to things on this path, but you get a glimpse of what's possible. And sometimes those glimpses can take you all the way. You have one strong glimpse of something that could be different, just a contrast, and it can be quite powerful. Um, I, because of the, the, the physicality of the tiger, I would like to lead you through a uh, mindfulness of body exercise. A couple of you have done this with me once before, I think. And this is having to do with um, basically how we could tune in to our own bodies and movement and be there every step of the way. You know, honor our own, well, You'll see. Maybe I shouldn't build it up too much. But what I would like you to do, and I'll guide you through this, is to find an object that you can pick up. Maybe cell phone would be perfect, or, or a purse. Something that, in a moment, you, you know, you just something that you could pick up and raise up to. A water bottle is fine with the lid on. Uh, <laughs> um, so just find something and place it in front of you. And so here's a movement we do every single day, picking up the cell phone, picking up the water bottle. I'll be picking up my glass. But um, to begin with, just as a um, foundation, Let your, your hands rest on your thighs. And just for a moment, look at the fingers on your dominant hand. So look at the thumb. And imagine it getting longer. Just imagine. Look at the forefinger lengthening, middle finger, ring finger. Pinky. And with that, actually let the hand meld, melt onto your thigh. So let the surface, and you don't have to make this happen, but just let the full surface of the palm open to the thigh. And now move to the other hand, looking at the thumb longer. pointer, middle finger, longer, ring finger, and pinky, allowing that palm to open and meld. So we're looking for a hand 
that is open and uh, a non-doing hand. It's just open and receptive. And now in a moment I want you to contact the object that's in front of you, not to pick it up, but just have no idea of what it might weigh. Just no agenda. Could be 10 pounds, it could be an ounce. Just don't um, approach it with any idea, just that it's an object. And you want to touch it, so slowly you can take your hand and touch any part of it, but not to pick it up yet. Just, just make contact with that and feel the texture. Just feel the texture. And now, in a moment, I'm, I'm going to ask you to begin to pick it up, but how I want you to do that is do as little as possible, only what's enough. You can begin to make contact and raise it slightly off the ground and let it tell you how much effort it needs. So slightly off the ground, and now, at that point, let the weight of that go through your whole system, down to your sit bones. So you're not just holding it with your fingers, your whole body is acknowledging that weight. It's become part of your whole body. And now you can bring it up to look at it and just look at it, like, what is it? <laughs> what is it, really, <laughs> that thing? I see light, water. Just appreciate. And now you can slowly put that down and be aware of the movement the journey to the floor and the contact. And now put your hands back on your thighs. Good. So any, uh, any experience or, yes. Thank you. Um, when I was reaching for my bag, um, I found that it was a lot heavier, even though I, I kind of tried to get rid of what I knew was the weight of it. Um, but when I went to lift it, it felt extremely... Put, put, put the mic. Oh, thank you. It felt extremely heavy when I went to pick it up, um, more than I was expecting it would be, even though I tried to get rid of that expectation. Um, and then when I touched my partner's hand, um, I, and I, you know, we just met this evening. Um, she's wonderful, but I didn't know her beforehand. I thought I would maybe feel embarrassed or unsure of uh, what I was doing. And as 
we were just holding hands there or touching hands, I felt very comfortable and very sure, and that really surprised mm. me. You felt very comfortable and sure. Interesting. Uh, I thought it was interesting trying to have like a non-agenda handshake, because uh, <laughs> it's almost like I was just noticing like the weight of the hand, but not seeing the person. I don't know if that was supposed to happen, but I felt like I was more just surprised by like the hand, uh, the weight of it, like it's kind of alive, but it's almost like I'm holding a jellyfish or something. Like, <laughs> like I, was, I was just trying to be very neutral. He doesn't have a jellyfish hand. A jelly, was this your hand or his, <laughs> his hand? hand? Okay. I Here's just meant like in my, you know, cause we're with men especially, <laughs> it's all about like, Give your grip of dominance and, you know. I know, So it's, yes. it's to go in without being like, I have to assert some sort of masculinity and just be like, this is the way to my hand. jellyfish. Yeah. Or a starfish, more like a starfish. Starfish. <laughs> Thank you. Yes, and it, it's... Actually, the, the, also, there's, it's said that your mind becomes... Kind, you feel like kind of a jellyfish when you're... When you're practicing for a, a, a week in the city <laughs> that you become kind of jellyfish-like inside, you know, so it's, it's a good analogy. Here. So, um, each of the exercises, I, um, <clears throat> I just, every, each of them felt so, like, so much. So much. Yeah, like, I just... I felt like it helped me to experience, not just realize in my head, but experience how, how often I'm taking so many things for granted. Because picking up a journal was an experience like I've never had before, and I pick up that journal a lot, and holding your hand, it was, it was wow. It was really powerful, thank you. You're welcome. You're welcome. And please take that with you. If anybody, we have so, we are so blessed with these eyes, with these hands, with these ears. We, we have everything we need, everything we need. And it's almost miraculous what we can do as human beings. It is miraculous. And to know especially when we take the time to approach something with an open mind, an open hand, an open heart, and see what happens. So there's a curiosity that can come from, re usually it comes from relaxation. It's hard to be curious if you're not relaxed. But we set a little bit of ground here you knew your partner somewhat, so there was a little relaxation there. And then contact, you know. Someone had a hand over here. Yes. I was going to say that it's uh, interesting um, when you meet somebody that you don't know and you put your hand out and you greet them, there's always an agenda. It's a business. It's nice to meet you, it's yes. a handshake, it's some, you know, yes. um, Thank you. you were talking about shaking hands but not having to be macho about it or, you know, 
and it was interesting um, without any uh, you know intention of what it was going to be and you just kind of had your partner's hand there and you for a moment you don't have to worry about what it means it doesn't mean anything and you start to feel the energy of that of that person and I think the thing I said to you was was you had a warm heart like I could feel like your kindness in that moment that you would never feel because I would never have that moment we'd shake hands to meet in a business or a friendship but it wouldn't be like that thank you well said that's just a, to allow ourselves to have those, those experiences which is just being present with our life Absolutely present and open. Yes, sir. One thing that uh, surprised me, uh, you know, picking up my cell phone, which was a very inanimate object, and you just feel it, and you're just so focused on feeling Shh, it. Don't let it hear you. <laughs> okay. No, go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. That's, um, but then being so focused on that and then going and immediately after doing the exercise with the partner and then just being so mindful of the, the contact and then feeling kind of that reaction when there's that connection and just the reminder, oh, it's not just me interacting with the world, it's the world and you kind of interacting together. And that was, yes. it, it surprised me that that surprised me. And um, uh, that was, uh, that's what did it for me. Wonderful. Wonderful. Yeah, it, it's so... Um, it's so important for human beings to do this, you know. And, it, and it's the training I did as an Alexander Technique teacher, which was a three-year training. And the first year, we weren't allowed to put hands on anybody because we were learning to develop an open hand, a non-doing hand without agenda. So it's the same as meditating, learning to let go and, and let be. So it's, it's interesting that um, it's a discipline and it takes time. However, you can be there in a second. If you have the right mind, the right intention, any moment of your life, you're interconnected with something, you know. So um, that is all those moments, moment by moment, moment by moment by moment, is contentment. Because you're contented to be with what's right in front of you. And you don't have to do anything else or anything with it necessarily. Um, Also, the person that said it felt very sure, or what were the words you said? Um, very sure. Sure and comfortable. Sure and comfortable. Those are good words for contentment. Sure, and also that there was something in you that was sure. Like there, there's a quality of a contentment that is completely... Um, a lot of dignity and, and self-reliance in it. You're just genuine, genuinely who you are, sure, genuine, true blue, true blue. And 
That comes from not having this no agenda, not having to puff yourself up to um, convince others by deception was one of the things we speak about. You can be you as you are, period. No need for victory, fame, gain, all those things. No need. You are it. Your life is it. It, it, it's, it doesn't make, you know, it, there's no need for that. So it, it's a, a quality of um, confidence that comes from knowing your own mind and heart and being connected with your world. Um, also, part of this is because you feel sure and confident you are not arrogant and you are able to learn because one of, one of the obstacles to this um, contentment is a sense of arrogance like, oh, I know that, I can do that. And then you shut down any ability to actually learn. So we talk about humbleness and modesty in terms of just being available, being available to learn. It says, the, uh, for our uh, lineage teachers, it says, humbleness is the dwelling place of the forefathers. Those beings are completely humble. They have nothing to prove, nothing to prove to anybody. They're completely who they are. Um, so, Lack of arrogance also allows people to move forward in their lives. So you could have curiosity every, about everything. And that is so open-ended, it can carry you through the rest of your life. All you need to do is to stay with your experience and be curious. Like, be curious about the snarky. Look at that. I actually ran out of the room. Look at that snarks, you know? But it's just, it's just what it is. But if we just keep that open-mindedness about our experience, that will move us forward and we won't get stuck. We don't have to put a, um, what do you want to call it? Solidify who we think we are, you know? Oh, I'm th this kind of person. Suddenly, we're not that kind of person. Then what? Then what? So we don't have to solidify. We have ability to be many things, many different times. And I think the, the big, big, what somebody mentioned over there, the big, big gift is we are able to truly appreciate our world, truly appreciate our sense perceptions and the depth of them, if we actually stay with them. Um, and that's, we call this sacredness, you know, when we're really, really appreciating our lives and our worlds and our other human beings. <laughs> it's uh, honoring that sacredness and I think that's all I have to say. But I'm so pleased that you actually 
engaged in the way you have and may take a kernel away with you of something, you know, a seed of something. Thank you very, very much. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this episode and you'd like to help support the podcast, we invite you to leave us a rating and review, subscribe, and share this episode with your friends. Shambhala NYC also offers a variety of meditation courses for meditators of all levels. Check out our upcoming programs at shambhalanyc.org. Thanks again, and we'll see you next week.